Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Welcome to episode 272. Welcome to Barbie, and welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. You like that, old man? I'm your host, Juan, and I am joined by the crew, the cast. Ella? Hello. Zach? Hello. What's up, guys? And special guest, Daniela, how are you? I'm doing well. Hey, everybody. Um, happy Thanksgiving out there to everybody. We're just a day away. We're, we're pre-Turkey Day. Um, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be quite a night, quite an evening. Hope everybody has a great day tomorrow. Um, how's everybody's week been? Good week? A little stressful, yeah. but overall pretty good. It's going, like you said, the big holidays tomorrow, and then we're off to the end of the race for the end of the year. It's, uh, yeah. My it's, son's it's, been off of school all week. It's been, it's been fun. <laughs> so you, you've been wanting to pull your hair out? A little bit. But it's fine. It's fine. Um, man, huge thank you to everybody who downloaded last week's episode and got to talk to uh, Chuck and Carolina from Florida with their brand new movie, um, The American Ripper. You guys want to go back and check out that episode last week. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Anchor, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music. We also reviewed the lengthy Mission Impossible uh, 7, Dead Reckoning Part 1. So go back and listen to that episode. Um, this week, though, we're talking about the highest grossing movie of the year so far. And we don't think anybody's going to take that that title away from it, but it's Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also, Daniela, you're here joining us, talking to us about... What are you talking to us about today? So um, I, today, I'm, I love that I'm able to jump in on Barbie just because one of their whole themes is Barbie can be anything. And recently, I just got into the field of real estate. And a big theme in Barbie is just like they're trying to make the world a better place. And I feel like I can kind of get on board with that. And so, yeah, I'm here to talk a little bit about real estate um, and then my journey and how I got into that. Good. So. Um, yeah, so I guess I'm just going to go jump right in and tell you guys how I became like this newest little real estate Barbie. So um, whenever I got into my home buying process, I literally had no idea what I was doing. I just went online and was applying for pre-approvals for mortgages. And I got a couple of people back and it was just like, it was um, uncharted waters for sure. But I knew at that point in my life, I was like, I, I want to have a home and I want something that I can like pass on to like my family. And if anything ever happens and I want to have something that I, that is tangible and like the best thing is that they always tell you is real estate. And so whenever I started my home buying process, didn't know who like what I was doing, didn't have any resources. And at some point I lucked out and a friend um. I just asked her, I was like, oh, how's your business going? She was just like, it's going good. And I was just like, oh, well, if you ever need a client, I would love to have you on. She's like, oh, my God, girl, I wanted to offer, but I just didn't want to like to cross any boundaries or anything like that. And it changed my whole experience. She got me in contact with the right lender. She got me in contact with the right um, like the right programs. I was able to get down payment assistance. And so then now I have my own home. At the age of 32, so I finally like I finally have something that is mine and it's just me. And I was able to go through that process. And it was so overwhelming whenever I was trying to go at it alone. And it was a breath of fresh air to have somebody that you know who cares about your best interest that's able to guide you through that process. And I know that the big like conception is like, oh, real estate agents are just trying to take your money, but I kind of like thought about that at first, like, oh, well, yeah, you're going to be making a commission off me. And then I really had to reframe my perspective in that whole experience and think that if I am going to pay a commission to somebody, I would rather it go to somebody who I know is looking out for me and has my best interest in mind. And after that, I feel like everything was just like smooth like butter. I feel like there was a couple of like rough bumps there, but it had nothing to do with my real estate agent. And I feel like that kind of got me in the process of like, well, 
you know, I would love to be able to make money and do something that is beneficial for other people. And I think one of the biggest limiting beliefs that I've had in my life is that in order to do good for other people, you kind of have to prescribe to this life of poverty and like you can't make money if you're helping other people. And I feel like, and also I'm in therapy. So I feel like, you know, we talk about that every once in a while too. And so she's like, well, that's a limiting belief. Like, why do you have to make money? Like, why do you have to make money and like be a bad person? Like there's a lot of people who have money who do good. And, you know, I was like, you're absolutely right. Like this lady over here is helping me, guiding me through this process. And again, if I had to give my money to anybody, I would rather it go to somebody who I know is helping me rather than just somebody who's out there to earn a commission. And so I like, you know, I went to real estate school, got like in contact with a woman who taught the class and she was telling me a little bit about her business. And one of the reasons that like I knew that I was making the right decision is she would talk a lot about how if you're a real estate agent, you really need to go to chamber meetings. You need to be involved in local politics. You need to be involved in like your city. You need to give back to your community. And, you know, I'm in OKC. So one of the things she was saying was just like, if you're going to be a real estate agent in OKC and you're going to be making money off of the Oklahoma City populace, you need to be doing something to give back to Oklahoma City. And then at that moment, I was like, I want to work with this lady. Because I feel like she's doing it for the right reasons. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. You can make money doing this. However, it's like, you're going to feel good about it. And I feel like that's something that I've, you know, that that rings a little true to me. Because there's so many different avenues in which you can make money. But you would rather feel good about it at the end of the day. And then home buying is one of the biggest, biggest choices and biggest decisions that somebody's going to have to make in their life. And some people, that's like the only time they're going to buy a home. And so I would rather be the be like be the person guiding you through the process and just like hey let me help you get the best deal possible let me try and find something that works for you and your family and even get you in contact with the right lenders and even like the right insurance people instead of just trying to make a quick buck and i feel like that's the conception that a lot of people have is just like oh they're just trying to make quick money and it's like yeah everybody wants to make money and everybody wants to have nice things everybody wants to build a life for themselves but there's a way that you can do it while also serving the public and i feel like that mindset shift for me was like this is a service to other people and you're actually like you're you're doing this for like a better reason other than just trying to make money. And I know personally, like I have a pretty decent work ethic, so I'm going to make money regardless, but I would rather help people in that process. And one thing is like, I do, I do genuinely care about the well-being of others. And especially if you're a client, it's just like, I want this, I want this to be the easiest process for you. Um, and so ultimately, like that was my whole journey through like why I decided to get into real estate and even sign on with the brokerage that I did, which it's Ariston Realty, and I work under Linda Linda Tracy with uh, a Selling OKC. So that my Facebook is going to be Danny Sells OKC, so you guys can always find me there. And I'm really glad that I kind of got in on the Barbie side of it because I think that one of the things with Barbie was finding her identity and finding a way that she feels good about herself and the way that she feels <clears throat> her life because initially she's just like this image. And she's like, okay, well, what was I made for? What am I trying to do? And I feel like I went through a similar journey as well, where it's like, well, what do I want to do with my life? And I know that I've always wanted to help people. And I've always been interested in like the home buying process, but I was always like, there was that fear of like, how can I do this and actually feel good about it? And I think ultimately it's that mindset shift of like, you can do this for the right reasons and you can actually help people in the process. And so that's kind of what guided me is also just like listening to myself. And I feel like that's also what Barbie did is at some point she stopped listening to everybody else. She's like, hey, I'm going to do what feels right for me, which is going back into the real world. And I'm going to go through all of these human experiences. And so, yeah, I kind of, I felt like I kind of tied into that with like Barbie a little bit where she's like, you can be anything that you want to be, but you have to like do it for the right reasons and make sure that they ring true to yourself. Good, good. Um, um, you also you have, uh, so we can find you at Danny sells OKC on Facebook. You're in the process of selling people. Technically they're Barbie dream home. Mm. <laughs> yes. And you know, even if you're looking for your Mojo Dojo Casa house, like I got you there too. Um, if you want, send the links and we can add the links into the, uh, 
the page whenever the, the show uploads on audio. That way, whenever they click the link on Spotify, Anchor, Podbean, iHeartRadio, your link will be attached to the episode as well. Um, so, yeah, send that link in the private chat, and we can also put it up on the YouTube channel. Um, before before we get out of here and you, uh, you go cook an amazing Thanksgiving dinner, what is your star rating for Barbie? One out of ten. What would you give it? So, you know, I was giving this a lot of thought and then um, I had to think into like so many different aspects of it. So sorry, I'm going to take a few more minutes of your time because no, I had to think it. about like the set design was amazing. Mm-hmm. Loved it. I felt like it was so well done and like down to every single details. They had a star studded cast. All of the acting was I would say pretty good, if not like really good. I really liked it. I feel like the part that really lacked for me was a little bit more on the plot side because I feel like I could kind of see how they were going with it. And like, I feel like that that kernel, that nugget was really there. But I feel like, and even, oh, the soundtrack, loved it, thought it was great. And so I feel like I have to, for me, I would love to give it a 10, but I'd probably have to say that's about an eight. Hmm. Eight sounds about right. And I just hope with all the good soundtrack and the music and the, the choreography with the dancing, I really do hope they put something together for the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it would be it would be pretty fun. The soundtrack by itself has already got like 11 Grammy nominations. So it, it, oh, wow. it's going to be it's going to be contender this year. As it um, should be, as it should be. <laughs> um, but if you guys like she said, if you guys want to follow her on Facebook, Danny sells OKC. Um, she gives Barbie an eight. Uh, is there anything else you want to add or uh, put in before we uh, we let you go? No, I think I think I kind of got it all there. I thought it was a great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely recommend it, especially if you have any little girls. I thought it was a really nice take um, on Barbie and how like it did address some of the issues that people have had with Barbie over the years. And I think they kind of played it out really nicely. And so I would definitely recommend it for anybody, especially if you have a little girl. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dan. I want to say uh, thank you. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, we're always here if you ever want to hop on. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. And hope to be be on the podcast, podcast again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, Bye. everyone. So there you go. Uh, real estate. Barbie Dreamhouse. Um, what a way to kick off the episode. Um, like I said, you guys can follow us on the social media as well. Um, Black Friday is coming up, so that means uh, all kind of giveaways are going to be popping up on the podcast. Um, you can reach us at facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Instagram is all one word, Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Find us on X at Cinnamon405. And then the email bag is C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. Um, Zach, we'll start with you, man. Do you have anything that you uh, recently watched or checked out that you uh, want to recommend to anybody? Yeah, um, went to the theater several times this weekend, checked out The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Really, really out. Yeah, really, really liked it. Honestly, I think it's one of the better films that they've done in that franchise. Um, I went and saw The Marvels. I don't get the hate for this movie i really don't this is they're saying it's as worse as like eternals or quantumania no it's a way better film than that um when started watching oppenheimer i'm like two and a half hours in so i got three more 30 more minutes to go for next week's episode and then um actually johnny will be surprised i went and saw thanksgiving oh nice. so the new eli roth movie um pretty fun fun movie and then uh, the definitely highlight is the new uh, Godzilla show on Apple TV, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Really fun. We're two episodes in. I think the third episode came out yesterday. Um, I mean, Kurt Russell and Godzilla. What more do you need, truthfully? So so is it a show about the other characters or is Godzilla in this one? And how does it link into the legendary movies that have recently came out? So... It is in the legendary f- franchise, so it does take place in that universe. It's set. It it goes back and forth because Kurt Russell and his son Wyatt play the same character at different time points. Um, so the younger character is set before Kong Skull Island, and then the the Kurt Russell character is set a year after the tw- twenty fourteen Godzilla. So it's 
like I said, it's in the same universe where it's not up to where we are currently with like Godzilla versus Kong and the new one that's coming out next year. But it's like, it's, it's, it's essentially, it's like right after the events of the first film, but the first 2014 Godzilla. So have you seen Godzilla in the show so far? Yes. Yeah. He, he shows up, I think in the first episode and then you also get other monsters as well. Budget wise. How does he look compared to the it, Godzilla that's in the movies? Truthfully, I think, Looks I know same. this is crazy. He looks he looks better than he does in the films. Like the budget lo- the budget looks like it's for a, a future a feature length film in this okay. franchise. So Good. check out Monarch on Apple TV, Hunger Games, uh, and hell, you know, go see Thanksgiving <laughs> slasher for Thanksgiving tomorrow. So, right. um, Ella, do you check anything fun out recently that you want to mention to us? Anything I mean, I'm that cringing. <laughs> I have that creature of habit. So I watched Beetlejuice again the other day. Yes. (laughs) It's so good. I just really wanted to watch it. It was past Halloween and all that, but I'm like, no, it's Beetlejuice time anytime. That's true. Um, Don't say it three times. Thanks. (laughs) And um, then I, we just, I'm kind of behind on the TV stuff, but we just finished the, what we do in the shadows season Mm -hmm. five. Um, That was, eh, it was okay. I, f- yeah. I feel like they've had better seasons in the past, but it's not terrible. Is Taika involved in that, or is it just, like, based off his movie? No, he's, he's completely involved in it, yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and then we also finished watching Gen V um, on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Have you guys watched any of The Boys or any of those shows? Oh, my gosh. I've heard good things. The first season of The Boys. So good. I love The Boys. It was... I can't, they have another season coming out in 2024. They're season four now. Um, and Gen V, it just ended on a cliffhanger. So mm. basically, I'm pretty sure they're just going to like tie it all in. So it'll just be one show, I imagine. But okay. I'm excited good. about it. Good. And the boy, yeah, the boys, I've only seen the first season, but I, I'm a huge oh, Watchman. I love the Watchmen, and that's kind of what it mm. reminds me of. Mm. So, Fair enough. Um, I'll rapid fire through mine. I watched Old Dads on Netflix, the Bill Burr movie. Oh yeah, hilarious! Uh, it's 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 worth a watch. Um, started some Christmas movies binge with Fred Claus, Die Hard, Holiday Inn. Checked out Barbie for today's episode. Gran Turismo is my highlight so far of the week, and it is it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's real to me. It's it's a phenomenal film. I didn't expect it to be that good. Even the two hours and 15 minutes that there is, it just flies by. It zooms by, if you get what I mean. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know what? It reminded me of the Chris Helmsworth. Uh, oh, Rush. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, I know it's based off the video games, but it does not feel like a video game movie at all, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend it. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere yet. I don't um, think so. Not yet. But you know what? Go pick up the physical media. I'm always pushing physical media, so go pick it up. Um, and then. It's not on physical media, and it probably won't be, but I checked out Adam Sandler's new movie, uh, the animated movie Leo, on Netflix. It's Adam Sandler. It's phenomenal. It's funny. I'm a little biased. If you uh, want to go watch something fun this holiday weekend with the family, put Leo on on Netflix and uh, just listen to the Sandman talk. He's he's fu- he's fabulous. Um, but, yeah, other than that, guys, that's it. Let's, uh, you know, with Thanksgiving just hours away – whether it's food, football, family, music, whatever we do during the holiday season, we have to make a top five list out of it. So why not? So that's what we're getting ready to do. We are talking all about our top five favorite Thanksgiving faves. Excuse me. Um, top five Thanksgiving Day faves. Um, I'll rapid fire through my honorable mentions. If anybody else has any, go ahead. Um, pies, cranberry sauce, and my official honorable mention, discounted Black Friday Blu-rays. 
Fair enough. Yeah, that's a good one. Anybody else? Mm-mm. No. Uh, my top five are honorable mentions. Uh, go ahead if you have any top five. Go ahead and do you have any honorable mentions? Oh no, I don't no. have any honorable mentions. All right. I didn't think about that, but you're good. Go ahead. Go ahead um, and go through your five. My fifth one is the Macy's Day Parade and Dog Show. Mm. A lot on the Dog Show. Um, that's something we do every year with my family. We'll just get up in the morning and watch that. Um, and number four is deviled eggs. Mm. Deviled eggs are amazing. We've only my aunt makes them. They're so good. She makes like three different kinds of them. Oof. Um, turkey and dressing. My grandma makes a whole extra turkey for her dressing, and it's amazing. Mm. Like, she makes the best dressing. I'm sure of it. Uh, lemon meringue pie Mm. she also makes makes that and that's my favorite and then my number one is potato casserole that's something my mom makes it's potatoes little smokies and Velveeta cheese it's really simple but me and my mom will will always go and like cook like um, that's where I'm going to be going after this is over is I'm going to go cook with her and get those casseroles knocked out just broccoli and cheese as well Johnny drilling over there once you get your rag hey Um, that's it's a, great, a good casserole. That's a, that's a great top five list. It's it's making me hungry. Um, I think I might just call into work tonight so I can start cooking tonight. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll rapid fire through my five real quick. Number five, it's not Thanksgiving unless I get to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, and I I went through this list thinking of like it sounds like a family feud answer. You know, like oh good answer, good answer. So. That's what I think of when we go when we rapid fire through these lists sometimes. Number four, days off. Just days off of work, you know. Twenty-five points. Yeah. Yeah, twenty-five <laughs> points. <laughs> Sitting at home, not worrying about anything. Um, number three, the, fa- the the family, the friends, just the time being surrounded by people that, you know, are uh are there and uh ready to uh just eat. Um number two brings us together. Eating does bring us together. Uh, number two, the Dallas Cowboys. It's not mm-hmm. Thanksgiving unless the Cowboys are playing. Um, I don't care. I always have to eat it, it, it between three and five o'clock is when dinner is. I don't want to eat after and watch somebody else play. I don't want to eat before and watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade. It has to be that has to be on the TV when I eat. Um, and then number one, the ham and turkey. Got to have both. I don't know what it is. They they go they go good together like peanut butter and jelly. So, um, but yeah, that's mine. Zach, what about you? Uh, yeah, uh, same as you guys. Rapid rapid going through mine. Uh, number five is the sales Black Friday sales. Like you said, you gotta get some cheap Blu-rays and 4Ks when you got a chance. Even though Black Friday is not really Black Friday anymore, sales really start up the second week of November and go all the way through. Um, number four, the food. We're gonna do a little something different this year. We're gonna we kind of did we got some swadleys and brought it home, and uh, got some sausage, chicken, some green beans, corn. So a little something different. Uh, number three, the TV schedule, like you guys mentioned, the name Macy's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, L of the Dog Show. I'm so glad I'm not gonna be the only one on this on this episode mentioning that. And then, like you said, Johnny, football. Really, whoever's playing will watch, and usually, no, Zach, no, no, Zach it's not whoever's playing. It's Make Cowboys. sure you watch the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and usually on NBC, um, they used to have a tradition of showing like the animated Grinch and then the Jim Carrey version, like at like right after a football game or something. But I don't think they're doing that this year. Um, number two, it we're in the end game of the year. We got five weeks to go before twenty twenty four, and unfortunately, it's going to go fast. It's going to fast and furious, and before you know, it, it'll be Christmas. Oof. And then number one, uh, tradition. You know, honestly, we kind of do the same thing every year. Me and my mom will go, we'll eat. We'll probably go catch a movie this year. I think we're going to go see Napoleon tomorrow or on Friday and put up the rest of the Christmas decorations. So that's just kind of a tradition we have. Napoleon is calling my name early Friday morning. I think <laughs> I, I think I have to go see that. The more and more I see it looks trailers awesome. for it. Yeah, it does. It looks it looks it looks like an event, and I think I think I'm gonna be excited to see that one. Absolutely. Um, but before we get to Napoleon, we gotta talk about Barbie. 
We have to talk about Barbie, and let's get to it. IMDb currently has it at a 7.9. Rotten Tomatoes is at 88%. The Metascore is at 80%, and the Google users like it at 77%. With a July 21st of this year release date, the budget, get this, was $130 million. It grossed a little over $1.4 billion at the box office. It was a complete phenomenal sensation with everybody this year um barbie suffers a crisis that leads her to question her world and her existence starring margot robbie ryan gosling Issa ray kate mckinnon alexandra ship um you also have john cena stimu lu uh Mike america Sarah, ferrera yeah america ferrera uh Will Ferrell, um, Helen Marion, um, and then written and directed by Greta Gerwig. Guys, let's talk about it. it like we said, everybody was talking about it this past summer. Um, let's get into it. The uh, first time you've seen it compared to now. Ella, did you get to check this out in the theater? I did. You... did. No. No, I watched it when it came out the first weekend. I wasn't missing Barbie. That was, I just like every other little girl, that was my thing. I love Barbie. So I was there in my pink dress and taking all the pictures just like everyone else. Okay. So it was fun. It was a fun time. And then just like in the theater, I was like sobbing. Like, oh, it's so relatable. This is just my life. Um, and so, and then rewatching it now, just it, it was, still holds up. It's, it was a great, great movie. It does hold up. Zach, let's let's get your thoughts now. The first time you went and saw it compared <laughs> to the rewatch, how was it? Oh, uh, yeah, it did. Check this out in the theater. I didn't do the Barbenheimer experience. I did Oppenheimer the first week, Barbie the next. Um, and I'll, you know, we'll, we can, we'll get into it as we go. But I was, you know, I was really one of the naysayers. Like, this is, there's no way this is going to work. You know, obviously it has a good cast and Greta Gerwig is a phenomenal director with Lady Bird and Little Women. But walking out, I had a freaking blast with it. Um, and on the rewatch, I really, this rewatch really cemented that this is, this really is a good movie. Um, they really took their time and effort and put all the creativity into it. And it, it's, it'll be fun to talk about. <clears throat> you always fear what you don't understand. Yeah. And I was not a naysayer going into this one just because it was, you know, Greta Gearwig and, you know, you know, I'm a sucker for a 24. So I always got to go support the director, you know, after they have a huge success, after their A24 debut, and I was like, man, this is going to be fun. Ryan Gosling can sing. Margot Robbie's phenomenal. Um, so I was I was game, and I went into it with, with great expectation. Had a phenomenal time. It was fun. The music, the directing, the, the, the comedy, the soundtrack, everything. And then the second time around... Um, and then I watched it today, the third time around with my daughter, and uh, we loved it. You know, it's 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 a phenomenal film. So, um, what was that experience like watching it with your daughter? She went with me to the theater, then she, you know, watching it at home too. Uh, she didn't get a lot of the jokes, obviously, thank God, mm -hmm. but it was still <laughs> phenomenal, and uh, she she had fun with it. You know, she she loved the music, she loved the soundtrack, um, she loved how nitwitted and and dumbfounded some of the characters were um it was just uh it was, it was fun honestly and seeing her eyes just sitting there looking at you know the first five minutes with uh um margot robbie popping up on the screen and uh the well now everybody get, i guess calls it the rick flair music but the the music that pops up when she's popping up which used to be i guess the elvis intro when elvis popped up back in the day oh uh, uh, the 2001 space odyssey parody at the beginning yeah. that that cemented the whole theme like feeling for this movie is like okay so they are they're going to take this seriously but not they're going to be self-aware but kind of be serious about it in that that opening is just like that is hyster hysterical to me yeah it was a great yeah. opening um and i think if you don't like that first five minute view and if you don't understand it like you're not going to like this movie yeah, and I, and I know there's so many people that are been hating on it and trashing on it, but 
But I, like I said, you truly fear what you don't understand. And I think a lot of people just don't understand what they were trying to put their point across if you don't enjoy the movie. Yeah, so. I mean, and I know a lot of people got so excessively pissed off or just, you know, egregiously, like, didn't want to watch the movie because it dealt with a lot of, you know, women's rights. What is a, what is a woman? How do they, how do they, how are they supposed to live? And, you know, what's their place in society in today's world? And, you know, I'm just jumping ahead. That whole, that whole monologue by America forever, where you, you got to do this, you can't do that. That is so well done. I mean, mm -hmm. Greta, you, you, Greta and her husband, Noah Baumbach, who did marriage story actually was one of the co-writers of this. And they knew they knew what they were doing. They didn't want to preach it, but they just wanted to say, "Hey, you know, it's difficult to be a woman in today's society, and you know, not without not banging the nail, the hammer on the head, nail so much." But it's just. Oh, I think he froze. Max got some technical difficulties. <laughs> um, but oh, I mean, he, totally, what he's saying is accurate. Yeah. The, the, the monologue just really brought the whole movie together and really just like, yeah, this is what we go through. This is how we're expected and not expected to be all at the same time forever. Um, and then also I feel like it, it, uh, it kind of goes for everyone. I mean, the, all of the same, not I mean exact, not exactly the same, but very similar expectations held to men as well. And any person here, cause living life is hard, man. Yeah. And, it's hard to not have those irrepressible thoughts of death. You know, talking about this, the, the the way it lined up was kind of perfect. I don't think I you can't necessarily, you know, I can't take credit for lining this episode up right before Thanksgiving, or can I? Um, but the way she had the speech, I'm talking about America's character in the movie, listening to it the day before Thanksgiving about expectations and hard work and you know, in what the eyes of, you know, the woman is supposed to be like, kind of makes you thankful, honestly. And like how much she and all the other women go through, like the expectations of, is it now like everybody's expectations of going through the holiday, you know, and listening to it the day before it was like, man, you know, I kind of, I kind of don't know what I'm, what she's talking about though. Cause I'm not in those shoes, but it kind of hit the feels though. Because uh, just the way it was delivered, and we don't talk a lot about America Ferrera here on the show because we just haven't talked about that many movies with her. Mm -hmm. But man, where has she been, and why is she not in more movies? And she plays Gloria in the movie, by the way. I have been on America Ferrera since she was in Gotta Kick It Up. They had a reference to that movie in Barbie. Oh, I freaked out. Y'all, did y'all catch that? Mm -mm. I did okay, not. Okay, so. When the husband says "si se puede" at the end, oh, um, mm -hmm. yeah, that is a callback to movie. Amer one of America's first movies, I'm sure, was a Disney original movie called "Gotta Kick It Up" about this Mexican group of cheerleaders who had to like fundraise all this money and get to competition and had to pay their way because they weren't kids that made a lot of money. And their like catchphrase or slogan thing was "si se puede." So when the when mm -hmm. the dad said that at the end, I was like, ah. <laughs> so yeah, America for I've loved her since day one. <laughs> you know the crazy. You know the crazy thing is, I'm looking at her uh, filmography. I think I think her big claim to fame was the show Ugly Betty, which you know ran for yeah. quite a while. But I mean, she was in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. The, That's the what I first saw her at. The How to Train a Dragon franchise. Uh, she was in End of Watch. Um, she was also in Dumb Money this year, that the GameStop stock movie with Paul Dano. So she's 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 done a lot of stuff. I, I can't wait for that. that. Yeah, I, I want to see that. Um, what did you guys think of going into the film? And you know, you get the opening, and she starts having her crisis. That that the moment that starts, and you have all different kinds of Barbies and all different kinds of Kens mm -hmm. was just. I don't know. I thought it was just brilliant, honestly. That's and that's that's the thing. That's the brilliant nature of you know when they say like those stereotypical Barbie, which is Margot Robbie, and then you have like Doctor Barbie, Lawyer Barbie, you know, Astronaut Barbie. It's just like they, I can't imagine like how much like 
access they had from Mattel just to say, like, here's the whole entire catalog of Barbie and let's just do all the different versions. Um, even like the like later in the film, the discontinued Barbies that didn't work in, in like different scenarios. It was just like that. That's just brilliant. That's just like not only is that good research, that's just good like screenplay. That's just good writing. Um, and then, you know, let's talk about the two the two leads. Margot Robbie, you know, obviously everyone, you know, we've seen her in multiple things. I think she's awesome in this. I think the breakout, the, the steal of the show is Ryan Gosling. I, I oh, crack God. up every single time he's on screen. And the crazy thing is, it's just like when they said that, oh, you know, Ryan Gosling could be nominated for Best Supporting Actor this year. I was like, yeah, well, no, before seeing the after seeing the movie, I was like, he could win. Like, that's not even, like, he could win. He is so freaking good in this. And it's a, I think it was a popular decision to cast him as, as Ken. Because, uh, like, I didn't know there was going to be as much music in this as, as I did. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think this is technically labeled a musical, but it definitely has its, its various scenes where it feels like a musical. But it was, it was, music and was good. I read something on that uh, earlier today, the Ken dance musical break. Mm -hmm. um, that was actually written as a joke for Greta and he, the um, music guy on the, I forget his name, but sent up over that song as just a joke. And then she loved it and Ryan Gosley loved it. And so they had to make it a part of the movie. I can't imagine how hard it was to film this because it's just like, you know, if if we're the audience and we're laughing hysterically at it, I can't imagine what it was like with like Greta and all the writers and, you know, everyone behind the scenes just trying not to laugh hysterically every day going to work, which, you know, sounds incredibly fun. But at the same time, when you're trying to do a job, you can't, you know, you can't hear laughter going on in behind the scenes of the camera. You know, so we talked about Gloria's conversation and speech about, you know, her scene when when she was trying to lift up Barbie, let's talk about Sasha's speech when she first meets Barbie and she thinks that she's insane. You know, she thinks she's a crazy person about, hey, you're Barbie. You know, that's not the case. But she completely tears down Margot Robbie's version of Barbie. Yeah. And, at you know, she walks away sad. And that girl, the little girl who told her not to go over there is like, they never listen. Mm -hmm. That was tough. Um but that, that's where, you know, you get introduced to Sasha, come to find out she's Gloria's daughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, Barbie's looking for the, the person, but she ends up kind of getting it confused. It's not Sasha she's truly looking for. It's the mom. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of uh, escaping Barbie land and going from Barbie land into the real world? <laughs> it. It was just a perfect sequence of events. <laughs> the the ridiculousness of it was just so funny. Yeah. And the way they filmed that was great. Well, and Daniela brought it up when she was on the show. Uh, just the pra the practicality of this, like the sets, the Barbie Land sets, and it there's just, you know, we talked about a couple a couple weeks ago, just the the use of practical sets and effects and everything, and it just that feels like a place that you can go to honestly just how this how the uh, houses are set up the beach sequence <laughs> i love how like the beach is like you can clearly tell it's a set and like the the waves are like <laughs> very much like what it looks like on the back of a barbie box it's just you know it it's just the practicality of it was just well done i mean i wouldn't be surprised if this got nominated for best production design to be honest because it's just it's so well done you know, we're in that season of, you know, it's almost the end of the year. I mean, we're already at the last episode of November next week. So the Oscar nomination list should be coming out. Will they come out in February, right, Zach? January? Uh, Jan January, I think. It, it, it should be interesting to see what all Barbie gets nominated for. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people didn't take this movie serious, but the closer and closer it gets, even four or five months later now that it's, it's made its run and it's on physical media and, and streaming. This movie it's a, is still, it's still trending. It's still it's making a front money. runner. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you take a look at just like what variety and everything says, like what's the, the top five nomination films, it's Oppenheimer killers of the flyer moon, Barbie maestro and a couple other ones. But I mean, the fact that this came out in July and it's like clearly a front runner for some of the big awards. That's, that's awesome. It, I think, and this is a whole nother discussion, but I think films like this and even last year with everything everywhere all at once winning. And that came out in March. 
I think these studios have kind of realized you don't need to have your film come out the last two months of the year. You can make a good movie and put it out whenever get out was a perfect example that came out in February and a whole year later it won, you know, Jordan Peele and Oscar. So it's just, you know, all you need to do is make a good movie and you can worry about awards and all that stuff later. Mm -hmm. uh, what'd you guys think of Kate McKinnon's performance? <laughs> To me, she was the highlight of the movie. That that's who won it for me. Just weird Barbie. We all had one. We all feel like one. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's just so relatable and just. Well, and I like the. Go ahead. And I like how they use like the kid like drawing on her, cutting her hair, lighting her on fire. It's just like, and this is the end result of what Kate McKinnon mm -hmm. looks like in the movie. That's just it's just so hysterical. It's just like. That was just one of the, I think that's one of the things that like, you can clearly tell that they're, they're, they're writing comedy, but they're self-aware of like what they're doing. That, that was like the perfect example of that. But you know what, how, how many times, and probably even when we were kids, the way Greta wrote this movie and directed it was like, you know what, we've all been there to where we would have little miniature, whether it's figures or dolls. And how cool would it be if whatever we played with them as ended up being what they eventually were like in real life like we've all sat yeah. down and, and just played with something physical whether it be a dollar or something and uh i just like that they put that aspect into a film like it really does feel and i know i i've never touched on this before but like we're all three technically 90s kids and this movie to me feels like you can really feel like i don't even know if she was born in the 90s but it feels like a movie directed by somebody from the 90s made for kids in the 90s she was born in 83 so i mean she she caught like the probably the the barbie hype when she you know when all that was popular well the the different reigns of barbie that's came out you have any idea how much <clears throat> money toys R Us would have made if they were still in business when this if with this movie oh yeah i'm sure that i mean i know you know going through the stores this past summer and even even now the barbies are just flying off the shelves and they're not cheap anymore. They're like nineteen ninety nine to twenty nine ninety nine, and and more. Good lord. Yeah. Um, speaking of Mattel and money, and the powers that be, what do you guys think of uh, Will Ferrell and his and his menly men with Man. the office chase? That character is like the complete opposite of what America Ferrera is and especially with that speech and i love like it's just like the little quit witty quits is like you know oh you know barbie's like well have you ever thought about having a female ceo yeah we tried that it didn't really work <laughs> you know it's just like this is like the so self like this is a man in a man's world but they want to they want to sell dolls it's just you know the, and, you know that's like and that's perfect casting with will furrow because who else could yes. really pull, pull that character off that's exactly what I was going to say. Will Ferrell was the perfect person to play that role. Uh, what did you guys think of when they first got to L.A. and, you know, Barbie was like, oh, look, construction workers. And then she was expecting a whole group of females to help her out. And it's like, come to find out they're just, no, they're male chauvinist pigs. That's exactly yeah. what we expect here in, in L.A. or any any construction site, really, I guess. Um about but it's 10 seconds to get harassed yeah, <laughs> in yeah, the real world. Um, and then going and getting the clothes. Uh, and then, look, she defends herself by slapping the construction worker, and they put her in jail. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. true. But I like I like how Ken's, like, his arc is like, oh, I gotta be, you know, a jackass. I gotta be male-driven. I gotta be all this and that. He goes to these different corporations. It's like, oh, the when he goes to the, to the hospital, says... Well, uh, do one appendectomy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you need to be a doctor. Well, I am a doctor. I'm a male. I'm supposed to be a doctor. It's like, no, it's not how that works. It's just, man. Oh. Gosling in this is like, I, do you guys think that people were more open to Brian Gosling in this? Like, this is his coming out party, even though he's been around for quite some time. I mean, I feel like it was definitely the perfect role for him. He's been in so many great things already. I mean, he's with Notebook. 
that was yeah him La- La La um, Land. yeah yeah La La Land. and those are all amazing films that he did amazing in but for some reason ken is definitely gonna be <laughs> what he's remembered for yeah it just crazy. suits him so perfectly i think ryan gosling is one of those actors who he is you forget really how old he is but like he's been in so many good movies that the, he he almost has different versions of himself. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like every decade he he finds another movie to make him just as popular as um, Leonardo wow. DiCaprio or Tom yeah. Cruise. So just yeah. when you think you might have forgotten about Ryan Gosling, he's in another movie that just sparks. Hey, do I have your attention now? Yeah, that's a really good point. It's absolutely how he is and what he does because he's remained relevant. It's not like he's been in a ton of movies doing all these little roles. He really just does the quality part of it. Well, and the and the crazy thing is, is like you know, you would never think about you would never think about this, especially how he looks in this movie. But he's forty three. You know, he's early in his forties. I'm like, that's that's crazy. I mean, he, I mean, you know. He did Barbie, The Gray Man, which was that Chris Evans movie on Netflix a couple years last year. First Man, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, La La Land, The Nice Guys, The Big Short, um, the place, the place beyond the pines, The Ides of March, Drive, which I, you know, crazy, stu- crazy, stupid love. So it's just you know he's been in a lot, you know, big name movies. It's just you know. What out of the two big Ryans, Ryan Gosling and Ryan Reynolds, probably more people know Reynolds just because of Deadpool. But I think Gosling has had a better career uh, compared to Reynolds. Reynolds is just so freaking funny. They those two need to be in a movie together. Let's just be honest. No, no, they don't. <laughs> um, speaking of Ryan Gosling and, and just the way Ken was built and put into this movie, um, we talked about houses at the beginning of the episode, the Mojo Dojo. What'd you think of the, that scene from the time she gets back to Barbie land? He's just completely, he owns it now. And K- that kind kingdom. of, yeah, yeah, he owns the kingdom. And that's kind of like the beginning of the end for essentially, which is a fast paced story. Honestly, it's an hour and 50 minute movie, but man, to me, you have so much fun. Every scene, it just flies by. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And then you, you know, it's like the, the oh, go ahead, Ella. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say it definitely did. And that was the scene coming back to it was one of the things that was just like, ah, I can't, like, that is what would happen if this person that doesn't understand the real world went into the real world and just saw the occurrences. And so it was just a perfect demonstration of life. Yeah. <laughs> Ella, when you went and saw this, were you in a, was it a pack theater? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Nice. Yeah, because I went the first first weekend, I think. Oh, uh, and a lot of people are doing the the double feature of that this and Oppenheimer, which we'll talk oh, about next yeah. week. So, um, yeah, and I think this I think this movie was always going to make money. You know, you know, regardless of whether it was this and the Oppenheimer thing, you know, the name Barbie, like you said, Ella, it sparks you know memories of playing with them as a kid, and you know, you have a whole generation of kids that remember going to Toys R Us and you know, little girls picking out the Barbie that they wanted off the shelf. That's just, you know, I think that's just like a rite of passage. And so, yeah, I think, you know, it just, I think that, like I said, this movie was always going to make money, but just how good it was going to be, I think really shocked. I think it shocked a lot of people. Um, yeah, it did. Throwing out the clothes. Um, what was, the about thing, what was the thing with the horses? Like, I feel like I, I missed something. Like, Ken is just obsessed with the horses <laughs> everywhere well, in the house and everything. Remember when he was in LA, he had read or he had researched that men on horses rule everything. Oh, yeah. From going back right. in the day. So he was yeah. like, if I love horses and if I can tame them and ride them, you know, then I can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, and then, like, we have the, the Ken song, I'm Just Ken, the era fight scene. <laughs> That was that that was that was pretty funny. Oh, and yeah, that that whole sequence and choreography was perfect and hilarious. Zach, mm-hmm. did that make you want to have a beach off? 
I think everybody wanted to have a beach off with that. With that. So. Oh, and someone else that we just totally bypassed was Michael Sarah's the random Alan oh, character. God, yes. It's just how is he not in more movies? Let's just be honest. Like, obviously, we know him obviously from Super Bad, but he's a great actor. Like, we need, we need more Michael Sarah. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, phenomenal. Scott. Yeah. Um, and he looks like he has not aged a day since Super Bad. No. Yeah. No, not at all. Definitely a forever kid. And I like how he like owns like he he's Alan. He's just going to be in the friend zone th this whole life. So he's <laughs> he just takes it on and doesn't want to be part of the Kins and their little brigade of like taking over Barbie Land. <laughs> so, um, what do you guys think about like the moral of the story? You know, obviously we talked about America Ferrera's speech, and then the flip side of Will Ferrell's character of or Will Ferrell's character of you know a male dominated world. But we have this very sentimental scene with like Barbie and her quote unquote creator, and like what was the what was like the whole meaning of her creating the doll, you know? And at, at the end of the day, it's just you know she just want she just wanted to represent um, not only females but just like what does it mean to be a female, you know, in her own way. And obviously, this to these toys were made back in the fifties, so you know, obviously we had different. <laughs> levels of uh respectability so what do you mean like the the aspect of um just the dolls in general yeah just like you know well the what the dolls were then compared to now and just like just i know. almost think you can have different meaning to the dolls depending on what decade you're in yeah i think the dolls mean so many different things to like i said just depending on what decade you were in like to the child, you know, um, to Sasha, she loved playing with the dolls because that's something her mom embedded into her. But later when she was old enough to teach herself about the dolls, it kind of left a negative impact on her. So I think yeah. it really depends on what age group you may be in. Um, honestly, Ella, what do you think? That was a good question. I'd, I kind of don't know how to answer it just because, I mean, that's how I figured it would be depending on what decade you were, you grew up in. Um, but what about you? Were you like, what, what does Barbie mean for you as far as the toy? What is that? You know, was it a big thing for you or? It really was. It was one of those things that I just felt like I could be this person. And I was definitely not that person whenever I was a kid. And I'm not that person now. But um, it was just that ideal that that you could just, I mean, it's not like we were going to go do all these things and accomplish all this stuff perfectly but i mean at least we could think that we had a chance at doing it and we could yeah. dream and that's kind of what that doll was to me was a dream and um even whenever i now like i have my blue hair i saw a barbie maybe about five six years ago that had blue hair and it had like a pink and black shirt on and these mm -hmm. the striped skirt i'm like oh it's me yeah <laughs> like there's a barbie that's me yeah well, I was going to ask, was it like a, a big motivating factor of just like, hey, yeah, I can, I can be a doctor. I can be a lawyer. I can be, you know, whatever Barbie was, you know, whatever Barbie you picked up, you know, was it like yeah. a motivating, like you, I could, I could do this in real life. Yeah. And I was never one of those. I, I mean, I had a lot of the Barbies, but I was never one to get like, oh, specifically like the nurse or specifically the doctor, whichever mm -hmm. one. Um, I kind of just had all of them and all of them could be whatever, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, and I think have money to get one for each, for each profession. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think that scene is just, I think Ruth Handler, who was the creator of Barbie and one of the co-founders of Motel, Mattel. Um, I think that scene is in the movie because it just represents Barbie has surpassed so much of what her original vision was that it's just, it's evolved and grown. It's always going to just because of, the climate, the political climate we're in, or, you know, what the fad is or, you know, whatever It's just, it's always growing. It's always evolving. And I think that's what, what that scene is supposed to represent in the movie. And we didn't even have time really, or talk about the, uh, all the animated Barbie movies that have been out. Cause if you just Google search Barbie movie, this one might pop up, but there's also like 30 other animated Barbie movies that'll pop up too. Oh yeah. So it's true. Um, yeah, the, just the the action word Barbie and what it stands for and what she stands for. 
Um, I think they put it in very good retrospective in an hour and 54 minute film. Yeah. And I think even if you weren't a Barbie fan, which I, I wasn't, but like this movie is still fun and it's still fashionable and it's still memorable. And like, I think you're going to have a good time with it. I think if you're a honestly like a toy fanatic connoisseur, yeah. Yeah. Even like, you know, whether it be GI Joe, Barbie, uh, Transformers, anything. I think you're going to have fun with this movie, and I think you should check it out. It's not on streaming anywhere yet, but uh, you know, it will it's, be event. It'll eventually be on Max, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and right now, you know, for Black Friday, it's 9.99 at Best Buy of the Blu-ray. So oh, nice. there you go. Yep. Go check it out. Go get your hands on mm. the physical copy of the highest-grossing movie of 2023. Um, that being said, guys, let's talk some favorite scenes. Uh, Ella, we'll start with you. Do you have a favorite scene? Yes, so the scene where whenever it's when she first uh, gets to the wor human world and she's sitting at the bus stop and she's kind of stops and gets to observe all the different human interactions and human emotions and just takes it all in. And it, it's just so beautifully done seeing the happy, the sad, the angry, the mm -hmm. joy, like seeing all those different emotions and her understanding like what it means to be a person was just beautiful and then she turns to the old lady it's like you're beautiful and the lady's just like i know <laughs> so <laughs> it's like they were doing that back in the barbie world but like i we just didn't expect that in the real world and i love that they that the old lady's just like i know <laughs> zach do you have any um i think my favorite scene is like when the barbies take back barbie land from kingdom and <laughs> Barbie, uh, Kent, Ryan Gosling's Kent just has like a total meltdown and says, don't look at me and just runs back into the house. That's the scene that I was just cracking up hysterical. But my favorite line in the movie was, I think it was when they were trying to devise the plan of uh, taking back uh, Barbie land and, you know, they were talking about, well, you're stereotypical Barbie. And then Helen Mirren comes out and says, note to producers, don't cast Margot Robbie in this role, obviously. <laughs> um, that's just, you know, great writing. Um <laughs> And then, um, yeah, those are probably my two highlights. There's a lot of great moments in this film, but those are the two that really stuck out to me. So what about you, Johnny? Uh, if I had to pick some, it would be uh, the Ken, I'm just Ken song. Um, that entire beach fight sequence was fun. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy Margot Robbie sitting down and talking to Ruth the very first time after the office chase. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime Will Ferrell's in the movie was hilarious. Um, and then the Barbie discontinued scene with Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Kate McKinnon too stood out a lot. Like Ella yeah. said, she, she was great in this movie as well. So, um, yeah, phenomenal movie had, had a lot of fun. So that being said with how much we're talking about it, how much we like it, let's let everybody know how much we like it. Um, I'll go first by saying, you know what? I had fun with this movie, the music, the comedy, the seriousness, the speeches, the cast, um, and sitting down and watching it twice in three days, plus the the movie theater experience. It, it's got it's got great rewatchability, and I think this is a fun movie you can pop in or or start during your your holiday traditions. And everybody is just gonna flock to the TV. So I'm gonna give this movie a nine. So, um, Ella, what about you? See, I'm I'm at an eight because. It wasn't like all the things you said, the cast, the um, the costumes, the music were all great, but the plot could have something a little bit more to it, but it still is a great movie. got its point across and it's all we want out of Barbie. Just mm. make us feel better about ourselves. That's true. Zach? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be with Ellen and Daniela. I'm going to give it an eight. Um, I, I do think, you know, performance-wise, production direction cinematography they all really thrive in this um it's going to be very cool and fun to see where this film ends up um with awards and top 10 lists and everything i do i think all of us can agree this is probably easily one of the best movies of the year um where it falls on the rankings we'll find out um yeah i'm gonna give it an eight so and it, it, it's not even plot wise i just that's just where in my brain that's just it, it's an eight out of ten so still that's still high that's a b i think yep. Um, yes. so every, every, everybody go check out Barbie, check it out on black Friday, 10 bucks, Blu-ray, um, flood the email bag. If you will, I'm going to go over emails on the very last episode of each month from now on. 
That way I can give everybody a set time. So every the very last episode of each month, we'll have a big email selection. Um, so send us in your star ratings of Barbie. Send us in your top five Thanksgiving faves, and we'll talk about them next week. Next week, when we talk Oppenheimer, um, uh, I know another big movie came out the same day, uh, July 21st. So that's what we're talking about next week, November 29th, Oppenheimer. So find it, go check it out, and uh, join us next week for the episode. Guys, before we get out of here, is there anything that you guys want to, you know, very last uh, comments on Barbie or maybe a Thanksgiving message before we leave the day. Let's hope everyone stay safe. Don't, don't do anything crazy. Don't end up in the ER. Yeah. Go watch Barbie, you know, check out Oppenheimer next week and just like Ella said, stay safe, have a fun Thanksgiving and just, just be kind to each other because you know, it's a crazy, crazy ass world we live in and a little bit of kindness can go a long way. So, yeah. Um, eat some extra food for us. Enjoy that family time. Watch some good stuff on TV. Go don't Cowboys. Forget, go Cowboys. And don't forget next week, Oppenheimer. Go Dogs. On a right. new episode. Go Dogs. Go go Parade. Go Macy's. Um, so, new episode next week, Oppenheimer on the Cinnamon movie podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Bye. Bye.